You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. So when I was, went to the Lord and started talking to him, he immediately like, took me to John 5. And um, I just felt like it was really a word for like the body in a whole at this particular moment. I know we have family fun day today and all that, and I'm going to get us out there, I promise. Like, super quick. But I do want to hit some things because I really feel like God's speaking to some people today. And I really feel like it's going to be a turning point within you on this very day that you'll mark it, that like the revelation light of God and who He is engulfs you and opens your heart up to the reality of who He created when He created you. That's a mouthful, but I'm just telling you. I feel this like in my spirit today. And so in John 5, even the very day... And this is like, I didn't know this, but even the very day it says, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. You know when that Jewish holiday is? Huh? Oh, what, holy days. Not holidays. Today. Today. I didn't, I mean, he knew that. I really did. I called it later on, you know. But anyways, one of the Jewish holy days inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool at Bethsaida with five covered... I am from Polk County now. Some of this stuff, I just, it just doesn't... You know, some of these words just, like, just go with me. Uh, yeah. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool <clears throat> with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew that he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Hallelujah. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, and the Jewish leaders objected. They said, you can't do that, basically. The law doesn't allow that for you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up my mat and walk. Things that I want to point out in this is one of the things that jumped out to me, first of all, was 38 years he had been bound there. In, in Deuteronomy, it talks about 38 years passed from the time we first left Kadesh Barnea until we finally crossed the Zared, River, uh, the Zared Brook. By then, all the men old enough to fight had died off. So basically what's happening in this is in the wilderness, God had marked a generation that would never step into the promised land. He had marked a generation. So you got to look at the picture of what's happening on this day. Like he comes and enters in, in the mere reflection of him walking in as the sheep gate, which were the sacrifices were, were brought in, tied up. That's where it happened. 
So you have the ultimate, the one and only sacrifice walking in through the peripheral vision of what the law had called the sacrifice. And then it says the five covered porches, the lame, the paralyzed, they couldn't see. That is actually the spiritual coverings in a lot of places that people are bound by because it's religious. You know, it's not based out of the, the love of God. A lot of the strongholds that encapsulate people, they actually choose to connect to. And if that's a covering that you've placed on, then you're a byproduct of that. That is the foundation in which you choose. So you can't have a thought of, like, Jesus. You can't have, a, like, a thought of God that you can't see in the personhood of Jesus. You understand? Like, you've got to look at the walk of Jesus to fulfill your walk. So these are, these are some things. That's good, okay? Um, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to just point out something here. When he says that you're ill, and he knew that he'd been ill for a long time, and he said, would you like to get well? You can translate that out. Would you like to see yourself correctly? This whole thing today that I want you to speak, to speak about is this is an, in this moment, he's bound by comparison. I can't do that. I mean, this guy's got somebody to help him out and put him in, you know, the water as soon as it trembles. I mean, he's got friends, you know. But everybody there was in the same situation that he was. Why didn't everybody else stand up? Why didn't everybody else stand up? Here, the light of God comes in there, walks in, and presents. He don't even know it's. He's, like, not releasing his faith because it's Jesus. Is he? Because he said, a man. How many men had walked by there before and told him the same thing? Hey, get up. You're paralyzed, making fun of you, telling you, hey, you know, you can't do that. Come on. You, you want to be first? Mocking him, comparing him to others. He began to get into the reality of that. He's laid there for that. We have a generation that's bound by comparison, that's bound by what they came up out of. I can't do that because of this. I'm too shy. I'm too, well, if you knew, how many times do we hear that? I would love to be used by God, but I would be doing that, but. Or how about this? Um, they should. If I were them, I would be doing it this way. You're talking about comparison. That goes on both spectrums. You know what I mean? You try, to, you, you try to, to step into somebody else's place and tell them what they should be doing, and you don't even have the same perspective that they do because you don't really know what's going on. A lot of the, the, the reality of who we see ourselves as, we base it in the people that are around us. A lot of that reality that we see ourselves as isn't even based out of the truth, the Word of God. You're the beloved. You're a son. No matter what Luke does, no matter what Luke does, he'll never have anything that ever says, oh, I'm not your son. My dad was here earlier. I was like, there's nothing. I've done some bad stuff. I've, I've felt a lot. Congratulations. That ain't who I am. You know, I've been around the place, and I told my dad, I had him stand up, and I was like, there's nothing I ever did or any situation I ever walked through in any way that I ever saw myself 
that ever made me say that I wasn't his son. Because it's not something I earned. It's something that just happens. You've got to know that. That you're a child of God. The enemy tries to come in there and speak to us and manipulate and all that stuff. And comes in there and like tweaks you. Oh, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You're this. Blah, blah. It's a bunch of what done. Oh, yeah. You know, a bunch of stuff. But anyways, like, and, and as he steps into his healing, it's funny because it's the religious ones, the one that's set up on a pedestal that are immediately judging him, stepping into his designed intention, his designed identity, stepping in to fulfill his call. The thing was, is like we talked about rest earlier. He's on a mat, which is not a good resting place. They're super thin. I've laid on them before. They're uncomfortable. You know? Why would you lay there for 38 years? When all you had to do was see yourself correctly and see that God made you whole and see who exactly you were and stop comparing yourself to those around you. First of all, he's the only one in the whole thing that recognized the Spirit of God in, inside of a man. We have that all the time with people that God's placed around us. We can't even recognize the Spirit within them. So automatically we're judging the flesh, but the, the same Spirit that rise, crushed Jesus from the dead dwells within their mortal body. Right? Does it dwell in you? It dwells in me. Anybody? Else? I mean, if it doesn't, we'll, we'll handle that later on. But I'm just telling you, the same spirit is within you. So why do we get distracted by the outer appearance and the outer actions and all that? We're created in his image, right? Likeness is what we need to work on. Likeness is, <laughs> we need to be getting more like he is. You know? The likeness part is the dying to ourselves. You want to grow in the anointing? Die to your flesh. You know, I speak to the Lord all the time. I'm like, my goodness, you know, everybody's given a measure of faith. Okay. Could you measure this? You could, right? If I take the lid off of it and start dumping it, could you measure it? No, because we're given a constant flow. So if you're measurable, it means you're the reason it's stagnant. If you're comparing your measure to somebody else's measure, it's because you don't have a flow in pouring out yours. Because God gives every one of us something. Every one of us a uniqueness and an opportunity to pour out into others. And if you consider yourself measurable, it's only because you remain stagnant and you're not pouring out. You want to grow in something and you want to grow into that? As soon as you get elevated from your platform and what you were stuck to, guess what? They're going to come in and tell you that you can't do that. Start judging you for stepping into your promise. They are. And, it's, and, and it goes that way all the time. And, and I don't know what it is. Our, we're created in his image, right? Gracie told me one time we are going to school, she's like, she leans over, wisdom from child, you know. She's like, hey, Dad, if... There wasn't a mirror. Would anybody know that they were fat or call themselves ugly or call themselves that? And I was like, well, there you go. Answer that one. Because you've only seen your image. You've only seen your image, and everything you judge is your image. Right? The reflection of your image. Then, what, then, then why are you judging what's in the mirror looking back at you? Because you're walking in comparison. 
Why do we do that? Only because we're comparing it to something we see with these eyes and not these eyes. It's the only way. So we judge the outer shell, not within it. If there's a car out there and I say, man, that's your favorite car, right? Yep. You go out there and here's your dream car sitting there and you run, jump in it. and every, You go to crank it up and there's not an engine in it. Guess what? You're stuck because you just made a decision without following the spirit only by the fleshly desire and everybody else is set into freedom and you're still stuck here in the parking lot. True? Nobody's made that decision where it looked good to the eyes but then it didn't turn out so well? A bunch of them. Yeah. That's being bound by the law. Here's the deal. Here's, here's what most people's mirrors are their social media. It is. Most people's mirrors are social media. Most of the judgments and most of the things that you're seeing like, are from social media. Facebook, right? Guess what? Pick up any book. Go read the cover of it, the face of it, and tell me what's in the book. They always show you the cover, never show you the pages within. That's all social media does. And so we base because of actually agreeing with, with that aspect of them is us agreeing with the enemy to fulfill his call. Because you're, t- you're agreeing with something that isn't who God designed you to be. So agreeing with, agreeing with the different things, saying you're not good enough, saying you can't do this because of this, is actually agreeing with the enemies because you can do all things through Christ which gives you strength, right? It's through him. Through him. He is the vine that we're connected to. He gives the endless source. He's given without measure. That's why uh, um, a woman with the issue of blood can reach out and he feels virtue flow from him. Why? Because he's given without measure. It ain't like he got emptied out. He feels the flow of the virtue going through him because a woman that we call with an issue doesn't have an issue anymore because she just reached out a woman such great faith that she grabs a hold of her identity and says, no, I'll deal with this no longer. Right? And so he feels the, the virtue flow out of him. So a lot of times we're in the midst of the crowd. That guy, he was walking by everybody that day. Who else grabbed a hold of him? Probably not too many people because they were too tied up with themselves wondering what other people would think. When she got to the end of herself, she was ready to reach out and grab a hold of something that she wasn't going to let go of. Right? Everything that we do all through the Bible is comparison. And we do the same thing. It's such a sneaky perversion of the true reality and the identity of who you are. It is. I mean, I'm just laying it out there. I feel like the... the um, I would just want the eyes of understanding to be enlightened within you so that you can actually know who God created you to be. Because then it doesn't matter. Before any word was spoken over you, in the womb of creation, he spoke the very prophecies and sang the very songs into the creation with the rhythm and the heartbeat of the Father creating you in the womb of creation. Boom, birthed out and first... ah! here I am and then all of a sudden now for the next 20 years you're listening to what everybody else says we need to go back to that original form sometimes sin means formless and void missing the mark you know missing the mark is one thing but if you don't know where you're aiming 
or you don't know what you're doing and you haven't had the encounter, then however you're going to hit the mark. Plus, everybody's going to be screaming at you. You need to do this. You need to do this. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? No. I was, I was teaching someone to shoot a bow one time. We're in the backyard. There's a privacy fence. And I was like, oh, you can do it. Like, I'm, you know, encouraged and all that. So <laughs> she gets up there. I don't know where this came from anyways. But she goes to shoot, like. And about the time she gets it here, she goes, shoop, and the air just flies. And I was like, oh, Lord, like, where's this going, you know? I'm, like, jumping over the privacy fence, and I'm like, I know it's over there, you know? Where's that? She had definitely missed the mark, but she stu- it stuck right in the neighbor's house, right in the side of it. Say, so did you go tell him? No, I snuck over there and pulled it out of his house and went by. <laughs> we blame the rest of it on somebody else. I was protecting my wife. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, like sometimes, sometimes we're aiming at something, but we need somebody else's hand to lead us and guide us and speak truth into us so we can even get pointed in the right direction. Paul, Paul gets struck with the light of God. Boom! Here you go. I mean, who, who, knows, who knows everything Paul did? I mean, like, you're like, yeah, I want to do that. Well, guess what? The same spirit was, is within you, so do it. Okay? Same way God's with him, he's with you. That light hits him. Guess what? He jumps up and he's blinded. Scales upon his eyes. Why? The first part of his walk, even after the supernatural encounter of God, he has to be led by others to step into what he's designed to do. So the leading and guiding Sometimes with those people that God's in placed around you, just like I talked about in worship, you have to entrust that. You have to entrust it. What do we do? We, um, I mean, imagine a baby coming out and just screaming like, man, why'd you give me this nose? Why'd you give me these eyes? You know, imagine that. Looking at the dad like, hey, like, I don't see that on you. Where'd I get this from? So... We're the clay, we're the clay, and he's the potter. Do you entrust the hands that he's, you're in? He's the one upon the wheel. Man, you feel like you're spinning out of control. This is coming against you, this is coming against you, and all this, and the whole time you're yelling up, God, why are you doing that? Why? You're yelling at the one that's sculpting you. And you're judging his thoughts of what he's doing in your life. Oh, and then here comes the fingers. What is this? These are the people that he's placed around you. The ones that are given a measure of faith and the ones that are given a measure of likability. I'm teasing on that. We love everybody, you know. You've had those people around you that rub you and poke you in the wrong areas, right? Like, my God, I must be walking. I must, <laughs> I must be missing, you know, this isn't the will of God because definitely this person wouldn't be in my life. You know? Which one was the one that launched Jesus into his design intention? Judas. There you go, right? Man, he wasn't my pick in the deal. I'd been like, Lord, what were you thinking? Why'd you put this guy around me? You know what I mean? Part of the process, the people that God has placed within us, you have to know there's something in the process, the the sculpting and the, the carving and the uniqueness of who you are is often from 
the detention and the pressure of those that have been placed around you. And you could either look at that as like you missed it somewhere, or you can yield to it and know that it's an opportunity. The only reason you wouldn't is because if you're um, comparing and judging versus yielding and processing. You know, that's the only reason. And we do that a lot in the body. The light of God steps into that area, and the only one that chooses to get out of the situation that he's stuck in He's the only one that recognizes, right? And then he loses him. They're like, well, I don't even know where the man's at that just healed me. Why? Because immediately when the accusations and comparisons and you shouldn't and why could you can't, you're not allowed to do that. There's only a couple of accounts in the Bible something like this happens and he doesn't have his disciples. And he's stuck there and he walks out. But the accusations and the comparison of the swirling around you will actually blind you from the light that just you just had an encounter with. There's a, in, in, in Luke 4, Jesus comes out, boom, you know, what is it? The temptation, you know, devil comes out and tempts. He, he never does because he never had an identity crisis. He always knew he was the son. So take all the other jumbo out of it, and he stands up and goes, I'm the bread of life. Don't test me. Get out of here. And then he steps right out of there and walks right out because he, he, never, he never did like we do. He never came up with the reasons that he shouldn't. He never came up with the the excuses, which is the contamination of the heart that cover up the seed that God placed within us. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And and the revelation of God, of who God is, is going to cover this earth. Cover this earth. It's in the scriptures. It'll happen. How's he going to do that? How's he going to do that? He's going to find the people that get over comparison and unite together to shine forth the light and the love of God. It's the only way it can happen. What's he going to do? How's he going to do that? He's going to use you. How's he going to do that? He's going to use you. Right? The same anointing. Like grab. Grab my hand. Look at that. Boom. Your anointing is my anointing. Your anointing is my anointing. Your strength is my strength. Look. Touch. Boom. There we go. Ho, ho. You know what I mean? As soon as I go, you shouldn't do that. I just lost half of my stuff. Right? As soon as I start judging and as soon as I start pointing the finger and talking about what people should do, guess what? I just broke the connection of the light of God that he needs. We complain about the darkness, right? You hear it all the time. Man, this is happening. This is happening. Okay, um, who's the light? Okay, so, I mean, why do we complain about the darkness and not shine forth the light? I mean, we do. We're prophesying into darkness, but the darkness comprehends not because we're the light and the revelation of God that should be done. If, if we talk about something, maybe God's quickening your heart to go be the light that comes within it. The light that reveals it. You can't see anything without the reflection of light. You can't measure, you can't measure darkness, right? Light you can. You, you have to have an encounter with God. You have to have an encounter with God and who you are. You have to. And you have to get out of the manipulation of the mind that comes in there and tells you you're not who God has spoken over you. How can man's words shape you and direct you? The same words coming from a man causes a guy to step into victory because he recognizes a spirit within a person. So just like I talked about in worship, like I recognize the spirit within those people that God has placed around me. 
And when people come in with the darkness within, guess what? It can't comprehend the light. So naturally, the revelation of what? The revelation of how you and I love one another shines forth the love and the revelation of God to them. And you don't need a supernatural work. The supernatural things that you and I walk in unity. That's what, that's what he said. He said, um, when he's praying in John, he says, I've, already, for that, I've fulfilled that in which you've sent me here to do. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. That's never popped up in it. Jesus says that. Oh, he's, fixing to, he's fixing to open up, I mean, this prayer for us. That like, boom, you know. That they may know, love one another and, and, and that they will know that you love them the same way that you love me. How many times you looked in the mirror at the reflection staring back at you and said, man, he loves me just like he loved Jesus. Never. We look in there and go, man, I shouldn't have done that. Boy, that thing in the past, kick it back. Right? Say, well, Pastor Jeff, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. Well, I don't deserve it. Okay, I agree with you on that. I don't either. I didn't make that decision. He chose me before I chose him. So I don't care if you deserve it or not. Congratulations. I don't. We agree on that. We agree on that. Right? The breaking free of the clogging of the valves of the heart that release the rivers to flow through you that bring joy supernaturally, that bring clarity it's from the eyes of the heart. Get out of this. How does a blind man follow Jesus? I'll just leave you with that one. <laughs> Through a door. Through into a house. I mean, you're blind. You're following Jesus. Hey, what's up? I'm the blind guy following Jesus. Huh? Are you watching your steps? Are you walking in the natural? No. You're flowing by the Spirit. We have to realize that we have to do it. David, was he, was he the chosen one? Huh? The, the, the same people that I, I... The family things that are spoken over. Imagine, imagine, David, you don't even get invited to the party. Like you're even left out of sonship. Like that's a little, you know, kind of jacked up one over there. He's over there singing with the harp and... You know, out there with the sheep and dancing, and I don't know what's going on with him, but these are my, these are my men here. And he's like, go, goes to anoint them. And he's like, no, I don't feel the frequency. There's a frequency that I know that I'm going to feel on one that has had an encounter, that has danced with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that I'm going to change everything with. And he's like, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? Is there not any more? Is there not any more? Oh, yeah, there's the one over there that everybody just puts down. Huh? Has anybody been put down? Has anybody been told that what they were valued at? No man or no dollar determines your value. You're priceless. Unless you can find somebody that can pay the cost that he did that I talked about earlier. Not the quick sacrifice, but to walk through everything he did just so he could reveal the love for you. A, a sacrifice would have been a slicing of the throat. Boom, there it is. Every other, no dove, no lamb, no sheep, no whoever, ever had to do that. Did it not? No. He did that so that you, we could, it, was a, it was a total transition 
of the judgment and the judge of God and to realize that, oh, he's love. Oh, he's love. How can Paul stand up and say, I've wronged no man? How can, how can the love of God hit you in a moment and cause, and like you're looking at, seriously, Paul, have you thought about this? Like, seriously, Paul's looking out across and he's like, yeah, I beat his uncle. I beat his. <laughs> right? I killed their brother. Oh, Lord. And he stands up and says, I've wronged no man. Then why do we look at our faults? At the one that's wrote most of the scriptures to us, why are we so hindered and so captivated by our darkness? Are you the light of the world? Are you the light of the world to reveal the darkness? Right? What's an LED wall? It's millions of lights. Millions of lights. Like if you shut that thing down, if you shut that thing down, you've got, if you look really close, it's got individual dots in there. So it's millions of lights that are all joined together, connected for one purpose, to shine forth the perfect picture in which is established for it to be. That's what we are. That's why when we join hands and we're together, we're fulfilling the perfect picture that God has designed us to be to portray what? The love of the Father to a nation. To reflect the light, to bring light into darkness. To fulfill that in which he's designed us for. I mean, do you ever look at yourself like that? Like, man, God, you did good. Huh? Like, man, that's like a little special fire up in me today. You know? Oh, we're like, oh, man, dragon. He's quickened your mortal body. Don't pay attention to your flesh. Your flesh will lie to you daily. Do not pay attention to your flesh. Jesus is praying for you. Who believes if Jesus asked the Father something that it would be fulfilled? Who? Everybody raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, I'm going to jump over these chairs and like sumo. Why not? Yes, right? He said, so that they will know that you love them just like you love me. I can't. I can't hardly ever, ever even say that or read it without... Like being like a, I sat down with a 10-year-old kid the other day. Is that what she is, 10 years old? I don't know. But. And I sat down, and I opened right up that, and I was like, listen, this is what Jesus said to you. And I was weeping, you know. I, I, you used to could cut my arm, like you could do whatever you want to. I wasn't going to cry because I was never truly a man until I could cry. Because I didn't understand the difference between toughness and love, you know. And, and God used some people that treated me very badly to allow me to be shaped into who I am. And I don't judge them at all for that. I thank them. 
there's people that's come against me in ways that you wouldn't even think of. Like, and there was a time that I would want to put them in the dirt, you know, and 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 had right, you know, help the Lord out, you know, because we need to eliminate some of this darkness. You know what I mean? But they were the ones that poked me and cut me and all of that. Those were the ones that put around me to sculpt me and to shape me into who I am. We start judging those things as they're holding us back, but it's those things that sculpt you into exactly who you are so that you could go, oh, he's ready. He's ready for the fire of God to fall into his life. They'll just seal you in a moment like the same hands that poked you and carved you now have no attachment to you. They can't do anything from you. Why? Because you've been sealed by the fire and the love of God. He says, now they're usable. Now they're usable. They got rid of offense. They got rid of all that. They can't even be affected by the, the tweaking and the fingers anymore. The hands upon the wheel, the spinning out of control, the fire of God comes down and consumes your life. You yield, give him everything, and now he's like, oh, there's the perfect vessel that I could pour forth my glory into. And then now his cup runneth over and affects everybody around him, everybody that comes into contact with him, everybody. So the very ones that God used to poke you will be the very ones that go, man, like what's he got on him? Next thing you know, they're walking up into their household. And what happens? The presence of God just entered their household. Why? Because he was the one that God put around you. Know that you're in a process that, for the shaping. He says, leave you with this one commandment. Love one another as I love you. No, whoa, now. Slow down, Lord. Like, I'm supposed to love you like Jesus does. I'm supposed to love you like Jesus does. I'm supposed to love everybody. Your children when they mess up. Your wife when you're aggravated at her because you're really walking in unforgiveness from the night before and you prejudge the determination because you weren't a man. Oh man, I got quiet. <laughs> Half the arguments that we get into a relationship because we don't even realize it, we're walking in unforgiveness. Because we're looking at one situation through a perspective of another situation. And God doesn't call us to do that. That's why he's got six-winged six creatures and eyes everywhere because there's so many different perspectives that you need to see. It's like, ooh. And we, we always get focused in on a self-centered perspective. Why? Because if I take a picture of this room and hand it to you, the first person you look at is you. <laughs> oh, there, you mean it's not in our mentality to be self-centered? Let me do that. I take a screenshot up there and I post it up here. The first person you're going to look for is yourself. And guess what? The first person you're going to judge is yourself. Before you go judging everybody else, it's always ourselves. So how in the world can we fulfill and bring forth the light of God without the spirit of unity coming together and joining together and knowing that God has placed individuals in our life that are only going to enhance our light? Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. 
This is uh, Luke eleven thirty four through 36. But when your eye is unhealthy, your body be filled with darkness. Make sure that the light that you have is not actually darkness. Make sure that the way you're reacting isn't out of some kind of dark perspective. That means make sure the light that you have, make sure that the way that we're treating one another, make sure that the way we handle situations, even though that, because that says that the light that you have, you can be shining forth with the light of God and think, oh, I'm high and mighty and I'll do this, and then treat somebody in a way of a strand of darkness that is intertwined within the capacity of the heart, and you think you're walking in complete lightness, but actually there's a strand of darkness, and it says, how deep is that darkness? The eye, let the eye be single. you got two eyes. The eye of the heart, the connection eye to eye with him, the linking together, the seed from heaven. All right, I'm wrapping this baby up. I'm sorry, I got, I just want to get that point across. Y'all understand that? I feel like that there's even people in this room that have had like heart complications of like like blood pressure or whatever that when you rev- get the revelation of this, it's going to open up and that'll be gone. Who's has heart? Who who in here has having issues? Don't be afraid to raise your hand. You can step right into your right into it. You can reach out right now. You don't have to have man's hand laid on you. The light of God can hit you with the revelation. Who's had in their left ear like a stinging, almost like a knife? Sometimes you're like, ah, huh? There you go. Same thing, see? God will heal you in a moment. In a moment, he'll heal you. I don't have, I mean, I can sit here all day and, like, you know, go through things. We don't have time for that. What I'm saying is, in a moment, everything that you think of, everything that has been held and bound up, the whole deal with the body of Christ is we're not thinking generationally because we're focused on what we can do in our life, and everything in the kingdom's generational. So we always establish what we're going to do, and we don't think about the next generation. But if I'm turning right here, if I don't think about who's behind me and they're holding on to me, I'm going to crash them out. So every, what, how do I do that? I make every move and every step with the lineage behind me, with thinking of a lineage behind me. I make every comment knowing that the seed is being planted for them to harvest. Half the things that we have, are, we're, we, we need to cancel out. We need to cancel out some death that we've even spoken over our own life. Why? Because when you want to behead, how does, how does um, John the Baptist get to behead? That word, there was a word that was given that was never canceled out for generations. And all of a sudden, the one who operates out of the same spirit... Somebody needs to cancel out some words that have been placed within their life. Amen. Amen. Is this good? 
I just feel like some people are held up and some people are underneath a covering and bound to a foundation that is not truth. It might be led by feelings and facts, but it's not truth. You might be broke and can't buy anything, but guess what? You're the righteousness of Christ. You know? You might be um, sick and going through something. You're healed and whole and covered by the blood of Jesus. You might be feeling like everybody in your life has just put you off and put you off and put you off. Guess what? You're a son that is beloved. And there's not a person that matters whatever anybody said against you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get somebody on the keys? Thank you, Lord. I'm riding down the road yesterday with a friend. And here it is. I'm, we're riding down the road and all of a sudden, and I was talking about the goodness of God. I was like, man, just talking about things that God does. Why? Because he's God. He does things sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. It's just to let you know that he's focused on you. You know, and it's amazing how he does that to everybody at the same time. I, I mean, you know, but if you're the light of God, if you're the light of God, you're not slow because you move at the speed of light. You just have to come with the revelation of who you are and you could go, whatever, whatever. Anyways, I was just thinking about that rabbit trail. But where was that? Thank you. I was just saying, I knew right where I was. I was just making sure you did. So I'm riding down the road, and I was talking, I said, I'm talking this to somebody, and I was like, hey, God's so good. And we started just telling stories about little things that the Lord did, like when nobody else knows about. And I started telling him, I was like, I went up, um, to California and we're paddleboarding I'm paddleboarding with Taylor and we're paddleboarding and I hear the running water and I'm like man I just feel like I have to go there and I said and she's like I've never been around there and I said let's go and um, as soon as I'm like let's go the Lord said I'll give you an arrowhead I'm not thinking about an arrowhead I'm not doing any of that that's why it wasn't like an audible voice. It was just like I wasn't thinking about it. And for me to even feel that way, like it's the Lord speaking to me, you know. Have you ever been 100% sure about anything? I haven't. I haven't hardly been. You always step by faith. You always step by faith. So we go up there, the running water's down. I'm like, I tell Taylor, I was like, hey, we're going to go up in here. I'm going to take a picture. It's going to be beautiful, but the Lord's going to give me an arrowhead. I get up there, I get up, step off the boat, you know, step off the little raft and two steps and look down and there's one perfect. It's like the light shining on it. It's in the water and it's like laid there for me. I reach down, pick it up. I was like, look at that. Why did that happen? I don't know. Because God loves me. That's why it happened. What did that mean? That means he's paying attention to my every move. He's recognizing the fact that I'm listening to hear his whisper was that arrowhead there I don't know but as soon as I said I was going in there and I was going to get it because he told me it became there I don't care it could have been there for years or it could have been there in a moment doesn't matter and we're going back and forth telling stories like that and I'm like I mean we're back and forth 
and all of a sudden here, boom, a double rainbow. And I was like, man, this is, you know, everybody's seen a double rainbow, though. It's not too, you know, but I'm like, man, just a moment, you know. And I was like, whoa, you know, double rainbow, and we're sitting there talking. Then all of a sudden, we start getting closer, and the rainbow hits, and we can see the end of it, and it starts coming at us. And like the end of the rainbow, the end of the rainbow. And I was like, my gosh. And it comes across, and, and you know, there's other cars and stuff, but I was like, I don't believe that anybody else is seeing this but you and I. Have you, I've never seen the end of a rainbow. And so I'm taking pictures and taking pictures. And I mean, it's pronounced, it comes across the lane and it gets, and it's engulfed us. And so we're driving down the road in the end of the rainbow. It's phenomenal. It's a sign and a wonder. It's a miracle, you know. It's not that. It was God just showing us in a moment. Like I hear your every whisper. I hear your every voice. And I love you. And I love you. If he does that for me, like driving, I mean, I've seen thousands of them, but in that uniqueness of that moment, two people coming into agreement about the promises that God just overshadows you with, it didn't just happen. You understand? We rode down the road in the end of the rainbow for miles. Couldn't get out of it. You did not pass it. You didn't. We ride down the road for miles, engulfed in the end of the rainbow. So close you couldn't take a picture. I got a bunch of pictures of it of it coming, but then once it's there, I mean, it's like you, we're trying to take pictures. You can't because it was only for us. Siri comes up and goes, there's a tropical storm warning in front of you. I'm like, Siri, you can blow it. God's raining down his promises on me. I'm like, got my hands driving down the road, my knee. Like, come on, Lord, bring it on. Everything. I'm like, I receive everything you have, all your promises, all your. But that's exactly what he does. How do you see the rainbow with the light that comes through when you're translucent and have nothing to hide? When there's no darkness within you, the true colors that unlock in you, it is the coat of many colors. The coat of many colors is one color with high degree of every time you turn, every time you do that, every uniqueness of the swirling of it brings off a different perspective of who God created you to be. I told some people today, I was driving down the road, I'm like, man, God, the sky is beautiful. The, the sunrise, every, I mean, look at this. Thank you, Lord. I was like, thank you for the sunrise. Lord, thank you for the sunsets. And he said, the sun is constant. It's my people that turn to it or turn away. And I was like, man, you think about it. You spend your day and make the effort to go forth. We're in a rotation in this world. He's always constant. We make a decision to turn to Him or turn away from Him. It's all our decision. We're in the swirling of everything. And I'm ending. Well, every head bowed, every eye closed. Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. 
you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.